It's Bible Study Wednesday on this February the 13th in the year of our Lord, 2019. And we're doing the epistle reading for the fifth Sunday after the Epiphany. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And we're going to see that though Paul is talking about certain false teachings that were occurring in the Corinthian church, those same false teachings are occurring today. In fact, if you listened to the coffee hour prior to my program, you heard about one of them, and we'll get to that right away. So, Bible studies in various congregations are listening between 9.30 and 10, and then at 10 o'clock they have a half hour to speak among themselves what we had to say. Or you may be interested in having a Bible study in your house at this time. You can invite neighbors to come on in and say, you know, we've got a radio station, we can get it on the internet, and it has a Bible study on Wednesdays at 9.30 of four people gathered together. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning with verse 1. Now, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand. Now, notice he doesn't say, I'm going to remind you of the good works that you are to do, in which you continue to stand. No. The gospel, and that's why we call our program Law and Gospel, is really dealing with promises from God in light of the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's how we stand before God. We stand before God because the Holy Spirit has created faith in our hearts to believe the promises. We do not stand before God because we're so obedient to his law. Nobody is obedient to the law. Read Romans chapter 1 and 2 to find neither Jew nor Greek are able to keep the law. So he talks about the gospel, verse 2, and by which you are being saved if you hold fast to the word I preach to you unless you believed in vain. Now, what is he talking about is how is a person saved? By holding fast to the word he preached to us. And that word is the gospel. But of course, some people, they don't believe it. They believe it in vain. Oh, that's ridiculous. I I can't believe Jesus walked on water. I can't believe he fed 5,000 people. I can't believe he rose from the dead, etc., etc. So there are many who hear the message, but they refuse to believe it. They are unbelievers. So, verse 3. I deliver to you as of first importance what I also received. Now, that's kind of a technical terminology, delivered what I received. This is used of the scriptures. We receive from the Old Testament what God tells us, and then we deliver it. And, of course, Paul is writing part of the New Testament to the Corinthians, 
And that's what he has in there. And what is the important items that Paul talked about? That Christ died, but he doesn't put a period there. No. You, you can believe that Christ died. You can believe that he was buried. You can believe that he rose from the dead. And you'll still not go to heaven. Because it's the second part, which is the gospel. I also received that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. Now, what does that mean, in accordance with the scriptures? That that's what I'm saying, and I'm writing the scriptures, so in accordance to what I am saying, he died? No, no, no. In accordance means as the scriptures foretold it. Go to Isaiah 53 to find one of the best passages that Christ died for our sins, where it says, and the Lord God, that's the Father, laid on him the iniquity of us all. See, that's in accordance with the scriptures that he died, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. Once more, there's Bible passages indicating that death will not hold him, that he will raise from the dead, and that he appeared to Cephas, that's Peter, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, that was the brother of Jesus, who was pastor in the Jerusalem church, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. What does he mean, untimely born? Well, he was an unbeliever. And on the road to Damascus, he was reborn. Remember, he fell off the horse? Now, who are you, he says? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. And Paul gets baptized. Now, it's very important to understand that only those who have not believed in vain, believe what Paul is saying here. Because he's simply talking about the history of what has occurred. But for example, if you believed in vain, if you're an unbeliever, if you don't believe the scriptures, then you don't believe he appeared to 500 brothers at one time. It's kind of interesting. There's no text in the Bible except this one which says that he appeared to 500 brothers. So apart from trusting the Bible, this doesn't really help an unbeliever at all. Uh, nobody says, oh, okay, I'm going to believe in Christianity because Paul said he, he appeared to 500 brothers. No, that could be made up if you don't believe the Bible. Even if you believe the Bible, parts of it, like the Pharisees believe he died on the cross, he rose from the dead, yet many of them are not going to heaven because they did not believe the gospel promises attached to those events. So there's no doubt that the main phrase here that Paul is talking about in regard to his dying, being buried, being raised, and his appearances is that Christ died for our sins. That's 
the gospel. Paul continues after talking about that Jesus appeared also to me as one untimely born, for I'm the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Well, every Christian can confess that we are unworthy because we also persecute the church of God. What? How do Christians persecute the church of God? Well, you have to remember that a lot of times we are silent about telling the gospel message when we have an opportunity to do so. I've talked to a number of listeners who are hesitant to bring up their Christian faith at work because it runs contrary to what a lot of people are believing. For, for example, tomorrow on Law and Gospel with Wes Reimnitz, Rumination Thursday, we're going to talk about that a majority of Christians, according to a recent survey, tend to believe in evolution. Is that true? Well, we're going to analyze that survey, and we're going to come up with something that may surprise you. But that's on tomorrow's Law and Gospel. So, by the grace of God, verse 10, I am what I am. What's Paul talking about? He is now a believer in Jesus Christ by the grace of God, and his grace toward me was not in vain. You see, that's the same kind of language he uses in verse 2. Unless you believed in vain, which means you're an unbeliever, but God's grace toward me was not in vain. No, it had a purpose, and it worked. On the contrary, I worked harder than any one of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. What's he talking about here? After he came to faith... My, was he ever persecuted. He was whipped. He was imprisoned. Uh, People were trying to kill him. In, In that sense, he was unique that not all Christians were going through at that time, but it wasn't him and his own power that enabled him to withstand all this, but the grace of God that is with me. What's the grace of God? That's God's attitude towards a person where he gives you what you do not deserve. Paul did not deserve to have God's strength, to have faith in God. But God is really merciful in giving to those not what they deserve, but what they don't deserve. So, verse 11, whether then it was I or they and he's talking about the other apostles, so we preach, and so you believed. And it's very clear from the context, nobody believes because of the good preaching on the part of the pastor, but rather because of the preaching on the part of the pastor, God uses and by his grace creates faith within an individual. Now, that individual can still reject the message of the Bible, as verse 2 points out some believed in vain. They didn't believe any of this. Now we get to the problem that Paul wants to talk about in the church at that time with the Corinthians. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, 
How can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? So, sure, 500 people, it is said, saw Jesus after the resurrection, and yet there are still some who say there's no resurrection of the dead. So that didn't convince them. This is really what the coffee hour today was talking about in the early part, uh, a book against Gnosticism. What's Gnosticism? Gnosticism is a heresy of the early church that thinks that the spiritual life is far better than the material life. And therefore, your goal is to get to a better place. And one of the examples that was given, you'll be at a funeral and there's a body in front of you and you say, well, that person is now in a better place, but without the body. And there's no mention at all of the resurrection of the dead, which is our sure comfort at a funeral. That's kind of a form of Gnosticism that getting rid of the body, the material part, is better off for us. But Paul is saying, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? He was raised from the dead. Because 13, now listen to the logic of Paul. If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. Remember, Jesus became incarnate. He became a human being. And he therefore was not unlike any other human being in not being able to sin. There were two of them who did not sin. And that was Adam and Eve. Now, they ended up sinning. But Jesus, you could say, was like Adam and Eve before the fall of human beings into sin. Except that he, throughout his entire life here on earth, never sinned. God declared him to be a sinner in order to die for sinners and take upon himself the punishment you and I deserved. But if Christ has not been raised, look at verse 14, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. And that's once more going back to that, those words in vain. It's of uselessness because if he hasn't been raised from the dead, then our preaching about him having been raised from the dead is useless. And any faith that believes he was raised from the dead is useless. More than that, look at 15. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. This is really the basis of all false teaching, which can lead to heresy, is you say God is a liar. That's what the devil did to Eve. He said, oh, God doesn't want you to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because he knows then you're going to be able to distinguish between good and evil. You will become like God. That was a lie. Eve believed it because, well... The food on the tree looked good to eat, it tasted good, and it was able to make her wise, she thought. 
And Adam, who was standing beside her, didn't say a word. He just cooperated in the sin. And therefore, the fall of man occurred. So, not only are you misrepresenting God if you don't say and preach that Jesus was raised from the dead if he did not be raised from the dead, but verse 16, if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. You see, anybody who does not believe that there is a resurrection from the dead, and there was a whole group of Jewish lay people. They were called, I'm sorry, they were priests, Sadducees. They only believed the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and they did not believe in a resurrection from the dead. Yet when Jesus taught to them, he only used the first five books and said, do you believe that God is a God of the living or of the dead? Oh, our God is a God of the living, they said. But your text, your Bible that you follow also says that God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So if he's a God of the living, not of the dead, they, they must be living. And of course, they had no answer to that. There, there finally came a time when the religious leaders in Judaism stopped asking Jesus questions to trick him because they ended up being tricked. So if Christ has not been raised from the dead, look at verse 17. Your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. And those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. That's just another way of saying that they did not go to heaven. You got that parable of uh, Lazarus and Dives. Uh, Lazarus, a poor man who died. Dives, a rich man who wouldn't hardly help him. And then he, Dives, a rich man, sees the distinction between heaven and hell, and he wants Abraham to send somebody back to his brothers to tell him what's in store if they don't believe. And Abraham says, they've got Moses and the prophets. If they don't believe them, they won't even believe if someone is raised from the dead. This is very important to remember. Even if you could prove that Jesus was raised from the dead, that doesn't lead to proper faith. It just leads to, well, yeah, okay, I believe he was raised from the dead. You see, the Pharisees, they believed he was raised from the dead, just as they believed that he rose Lazarus from the dead. They said it was a trick of Beelzebub, the devil. So proving the history of the Bible doesn't save anybody because it's not the gospel. The gospel is very important, and that comes about by preaching. And what is preached? That Christ died for our sins. That's the gospel part. So if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. And those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. What does that mean? Falling asleep is just another way of saying they died. In fact, on some tombstones, you'll see the phrase, asleep in Jesus, 
or rest in peace. That's referring to those who have died in Christ. And according to Paul, if Christ hasn't risen from the dead, then they have all perished. So what does this mean? There are actually Jewish people who don't believe that there is a life after death. In fact, there are a lot of people who don't believe that. So verse 19 is really important. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. And I've been talking about what really makes a sermon. Unless people in the pew are attacked during a sermon, that means that they're accused of something, that means they're criticized, then you really haven't heard a sermon. You maybe heard a good Bible study or maybe a self-help sermon or something like that. And that's what a lot of people are going to church for. They want hope in this life. I mean, how can I get a nice car, a nice spouse, a good family, a great house? Listen to a lot of the sermons, and you'll find that that's what it's talking about. And there's hardly any mention of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So if you're attending a church where hope is given for this life only, you are of all people most to be pitied. Verse 20. Our last verse. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Now, you may be thinking chronologically when you hear the word first fruits, and you say, whoa, 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 he wasn't the first one who was raised from the dead. Didn't Elijah raise a widow's son from the dead in the Old Testament? And didn't Jesus raise other people in the New Testament before he died and rose from the dead? Yes. The word first fruits is not really talking about the order chronologically. It's talking about the foundation, the first fruit of all the resurrections from the dead. And that's Jesus Christ. Had Jesus Christ not risen from the dead, guess what? When you die, you will not be rising from the dead either. It's really a sad situation. And therefore, uh, some of this is, is read at the cemetery of a Christian who has died in the faith. And it's very important that we do read these parts because, yes... If there is no resurrection from the dead, then Jesus has not risen from the dead. And here's what I consider to be one of the most important verses here. If Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. It's useless. It's not going to do anything for you. You're not only misrepresenting God, in other words, you lied about what God really has said if the dead are not raised. Because if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised because he was dead. That's why when Paul goes through the history part, 
He talks about Christ dying for our sins, that he was buried, then he was raised on the third day, and he appeared to many people. All that history is really for unbelievers. No, it's for believers who need the assurance that what they're believing is not in vain. None of the history, even if it's believed, saves anybody. What saves people is faith in the promises connected to the history. So you can even believe, yeah, Christ died, yeah, he rose, and still not be saved, as many of the religious leaders of Judaism were not, because they didn't trust the word of God. On tomorrow's Law and Gospel, we're going to be taking a look. A lot of people are surprised that a recent survey came out saying the majority of Christians kind of believe in evolution. Is that correct? We're going to examine that survey, and then we're going to come up with some surprising details that you may be unaware of. That's on tomorrow's Long Gospel with Wes Reimnitz, Rumination Thursday. I'm Tom Baker. Till tomorrow then, God bless. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.